0: Hello Fitness Pro Mentors, welcome to another episode of the Minds on Muscle show. My name is Glenn and I'm here with always with our Chief Executive Officer, I don't even know if that's your title or not, Brandon Green, the man with the plan. We're excited, I'm excited because today we're talking all about talking to strangers. If you want to grow your business, if you want to be making six figures or more, you have to be comfortable talking to strangers there's no way around it if you're not comfortable talking to people then you're not going to be able to build a business that gets you the kind of money that you want so you can do and have the freedom in your life to do everything that your heart desires i'm excited about this topic brandon what about you
1: Yeah, I'm very excited. You know, the communication problem, I think it's a gigantic thing that is just not explored enough. Mm -hmm. If we think about just humans in general, uh, we've kind of evolved over the years, figuring out ways to convey information from one person to another. We've talked about communication in the past. We've kind of talked about our opinions around this whole thing. But today, I think that today is really going to be a nice little conversation because this neat packaging of talking of how do you communicate to people you don't know at all, like talking to random people, strangers how do you talk to strangers and then also how do we take that conversation how do we have a stranger turn into potentially a relationship of some sort which is kind of cool
0: and this is not even just a personal trading skill per se Being able to talk to strangers is a life skill if you're at a new romantic interest house for the first time meeting the family boy you better be good at talking to strangers out and about in public I mean this goes hand-in-hand hand with just being a happy, healthy person. So I'm really excited today to talk about this. We can start any number of different places, Bren, but what do you think is going to be a great anchor for this conversation?
1: Uh, I'll tell you what, I have a direction I'd love to start with. Sure. Teams. We've talked about tribes. Uh, there's a great book by Seth Godin called Tribes, and there's another great way that Tom Purvis taught me in RTS, and there is just an interesting way that people congregate with other people like them. And that might seem like a weird sidestep to this whole talking to stranger kind of thing, but it's not. If we think about like fitness land, and you have all these different stereotypes of fitness people. Choose your own adventure. Choose your own words. You've got, let's say, powerlifters, bodybuilders, runners, uh, Pilates people, yoga lattes people, spin bike people, functional CrossFit people. Huge divide in people. If you take all of these different teams, what makes these teams unique is all these teams listen to the same kind of music. They wear the same kind of clothes. They say the same kinds of things. And what's weird is if you take these two different teams, like you take a running team and a Pilates team, uh, they're going to bicker each other and they're going to be like, well, they're not like us and we have our group and they've got their group and everybody's a little different. And then you get these bodybuilders, and you get bodybuilders that use all sorts of different jargon or are completely different, and the runners and the police people kind of suddenly band together because they're not so different from one another after all, but they do create their own team against these bodybuilding people. And we could take this and we could look at this at a landscape view of many different cultural, team, economic, social divides that we create. Why is that significant? Each of these teams have different ways they communicate. Different way that people like me go to places like this. People like me do things like this. And what's really one of the most powerful tools that I've used before we even consider talking to strangers is I built quite a large business off of just working with chiropractors and yoga studio owners. Well, those are competitive businesses to what we do, arguably on paper. But they say different things. They have slightly different niches. And one of the most powerful things that I learned that I would encourage you to do is learn how to speak different demographics languages. If you can speak CEO to another CEO, it makes things more relatable. And then all of a sudden you can talk to a stranger who's a CEO who thinks, well, they're like me so I can talk to this person. People like talking to people in the same status structure and you don't need to have the same amount of money, but you do need to be able to relate to them and talk. And this is what's really a powerful thing. If you understand how yoga people communicate, it makes it easier to have that first conversation. It's kind of interesting, I like
0: it. It's right in line with what we've talked about on other episodes where when you're communicating information and knowledge to your clients, you want to educate them at their level with where they're at with the information. You don't want to use big jargony words that are going to confuse them. This is lateral thinking in the same kind of vein where instead of trying to dumb things down so it's digestible for your client, you're just trying to speak the same language as the person in front of you. I mean, again, it really comes back down to this is a concrete life skill. You're trying to work through difficult problems, solution, network, connect with somebody. You talk with them the way they want to be spoken to, what's familiar with them, not necessarily in the flavor that you like to, where that's going to work the best for you per se.
1: You know, there's the whole peacocking thing that you can instantly think of. I mean, if you think about where you went into a social structure of some sort, a party, a gym, a car dealership. And then, you know, actually there's a perfect example for me. I thought of, I was looking for somewhere to find someone for helping me with investing and accounting. I wanted to learn a little bit more and so I went in and I chat with this guy and this fella was brilliant, brilliant investor, brilliant accountant. When I sat down with him though, he talked over me. And I don't think I'm a terribly dumb guy, but he talked, to me for an, talked at me for an hour and said nothing that I understood. Whether or not he could have you know, made me a fortune and taken care of me, I didn't understand him at all. And I asked questions and I still didn't understand him because he wasn't speaking to me in any way that I could understand. I met with someone else. And this other person has a much larger portfolio, far more credentials, and they spoke directly to me in a way that everything made sense. And I left there with information that I actually understood. The peacocking, massive vocabulary, huge words, like trying to say the colloquial post-activation potentiation, torp, that those words don't mean anything to anybody. And I say that jokingly every single time. The truth is, how do we speak to someone? Because if you can speak to someone, it feels good. I mean, another simple example, you go to a party and someone's in the corner and they're the know-it-all. Right? And someone asks a question, like, oh, yes, yes. And they do all the fact laying and no one can ever correct them. That's a weird thing. No one likes talking to that guy or girl. Do you like talking to them anyway?
0: No. And and it's funny because people don't tell those people to stop talking, you just let them go. They kind of back away. So people back away from you to party, think about how you're communicating with them. Um so like I, I like that framing that we're talking about here in terms of like speak to the person who is going to be in front of you. I think that uh, another piece of uh, a framework that we ought to talk about in an exam before we dive too far into maybe like the how to do this or how you might approach the conversation would be your attitude if you are indeed using this in kind of a business building sense. So this is something that has you know come up for me more recently and, and you and I were discussing and I think it's going it's been tremendous helpful to people in the program which is when you're going to go out and have conversations and talk to strangers deliberately to help build your business and create more connections, you can't go in with an attitude of trying to convert everyone or sell everyone or being worried about failure or rejection. You really have to go into these conversations with, uh, I'm not attached to how this ends. I'm just going to go and know what, my, what I wanna say, know what my system is for talking to these people, but in the end, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work, and that's okay too. Because a lot of times, I think what we've both seen, both in ourselves in the past and, and also presently as well, is when you go in with an agenda, like everything has to go exactly like this, you have to take all the boxes, the conversation isn't organic, you fumble on your words, it feels like really constrictive versus going in and being yourself. And I remember being younger, and trying to date in university back when I wasn't really a confident guy and I would always be so attached how conversations had to go or I'd like have read all these things in like GQ or Maxim magazine that I had to say and nothing ever really worked. Like it was a great way to fail at conversations and meeting a romantic partner. And when I finally got to the space where like I had dated so much and I got comfortable with myself and who I was and just talking to people and I went on a date with my then, with my my now forever partner, it was easy. Like we sat and we just chatted and we got along and it was beautiful and we haven't looked back since, never been a doubt in my mind. So you have to kind of go into these conversations, talking to strangers, business meetings, clients, prospects, all that kind of stuff without any attachments to the outcome, just trying to do your best. And then depending on how things go, go back and review your game tape and see what you could have done better.
1: Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a whole thing within the decision science realm that when you're having any conversation or interaction, you're trying to figure out, yes, or know which direction is this going? Is this going the direction that I want to, or is it not? And it really doesn't go one of two ways. Like if you're having a conversation, is this conversation going well, or is it not? Is this conversation leading towards a potential outcome that's favorable to what I'm looking for, or is it not? Is it going the direction that they want? Is it not? And ideally, if we can have both of the conversation going the direction that both we and the person that we're speaking to go the direction that we want together, things are a lot smoother. And so this brings up a really interesting thing that kind of Glenn alluded to, but not being attached to the outcome is a really important emotional framing to have. Because so many of us, I mean, in this kind of like animalistic hierarchy, when we're chatting with someone, not even from a, a relationship sense, from a meeting someone sense, if we have a conversation that doesn't go the way we want, we instantly feel rejected and that things didn't go well and that we didn't do a good job and that lowers us on some form of status pole, totem pole. And it's not true. Truthfully, it's just an interaction that didn't go the way that you want. And, that is all that it is. And so the next step really is to figure out, well, how do I have another conversation? Is there a way that I could have orchestrated the conversation or I could have presented myself or the things I could have said or the questions I could have asked where this could have gone a little bit smoother? And, and I mean, how many different social environments do we do this, right? You're talking to a friend and you want to go to the movies and they don't want to go to the movies. They want to go to the restaurant and you figure out either you go the direction of the restaurant or you find a way to persuade them to go to the movies. Um, and that's kind of an interesting, fun way of thinking about. it this is a I mean we've got some step-by-step processes I'd love to share here with this whole thing.
0: Yeah I mean I, I love what you're saying right now and I think the whole idea behind frame is like decision science right because when we talk about talking to human beings in communication a lot of the times we're talking about like uh, what you hear from a lot of people is do this or do that avoid this avoid that it's kind of like these very polarized um, polar opposite juxtaposition ideas but what I really like about the decision science framing is that, like, let's look at this logically and parse out what's going on underneath the service, underneath the surface, underneath uh, the surface, and find the direction. Uh, you had this really great uh, analogy um, that you shared in the mentorship. Um, I, I won't try to, uh, to regurgitate, but I'll, I'll ask you to the whole, like, going up to somebody and, hey, do you, hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Great. Can I buy you a drink? No. Right? Hey, how are you doing? Good, great. Can I buy you a drink? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Would you...
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a very, like, simple, but I mean, it's, it's if you think of sales, I mean, when we're talking about this in this business context for personal training, we are talking about sales. And then it's extremely easy in social structures to think of, well, like, what... What layers of status in a relationship conversation are we going through that kind of go away? And I mean, most of us, I think, have gone through some sort of trying to engage and go on a date with somebody or build a relationship with someone, build a friendship or a rapport. And so it's the very simple thing of like, if you think about it, you you see someone somewhere and you're like, I'm interested in talking to that person. You go talk to that person and hi, hi, the conversation goes great. Next, you decide, well, what is the next step? Well, the next step perhaps is having dinner to get to know each other a bit more. Hey, would you like to have dinner with me? Yes or no? Yes, great, let's go do the next thing. No, okay, the conversation is over. Next person please, right? Oh yes, that's great, the dinner's gonna happen. And then you move on to the next step. Hey, we're having dinner, this is great. Do you wanna have dinner again? Good. Hey, do you wanna go buy a house together? Again. Do you want to go get married? Do you want to have kids? And each of these are sequential and these are just you know kind of Western norms. So maybe you don't want to have kids or buy a house. but That's not really the point. It's a series of yes or no questions to figure out which direction are you guys going? And are you continuing to go that direction together? Talking to strangers is the exact thing. It's the exact same thing. And so when you're communicating, you can absolutely communicate with someone for the sake of communicating. I think it's a fantastic exercise. But if you're going, and I would encourage you, if you are not busy enough as a personal trainer, go to environments where there are people that are potential prospects and go talk to them. When you go talk to them, understand that there is this opportunity for them to potentially become a client with you. That is fantastic. Now, how do we set up a series of this or that, yes or no style situations that help to curate this almost impossibly cold lead, all the way to a hot relationship where they're actually spending money on you, cold and hot in the sales context? And it's very simple. This is where, and I know Glenn made a note about this, talk about this today. This is where there's an opportunity for lead magnets and communities and different types of sales calls and structures and conversations to figure out this or that, is this going a good direction? And so here's some quick steps I'll share with you. And then we can let Glenn kind of blow up this lead magnet thing because I think there's some cool stuff there. First and foremost, when you go talk to a stranger, when you go talk to them, I like to call the rapport continuum. You meet with them and you start talking and the relationship goes a good direction. Hi, hi. How are you? Great, thank you. And you can actually start chit-chatting about nothing. Then the next step is you could actually start digging and asking some questions. So the second step, you could call it from the Sandler sale stuff. And thank you, Greg Mack, for introducing us to that pain funneling. You can start asking some questions. And I don't mean pain funneling immediately, but asking questions about... What they're at the Starbucks for. What are they doing? You saw they had a bunch of papers with them. Hey, you couldn't help but notice they actually have a little bit of a limp. What's that all about? And start finding out, is there any bit of information you can gather from them that actually showcases that they might have a need for the thing that you do? Are they a suspect or a prospect? Great. If they indicate that they might have something that might be a good fit for you, then there's an opportunity for you to share a lead magnet or something else with them. Now, here's the great thing about the third step of trying to see if you can get the conversion to start happening, this or that idea. You don't have to go in and be like, hey, you know what, I think you'd be a great candidate for what I do, you should come into my place and sit down with me for free, and I'll just show you, no commitment, but you can come, everyone knows what that means, right? Come by into my place for a free consultation, right? We all know what that means, right? What you could actually try, and this is a fun one, is you could give them the opportunity to strategically bail and let them choose, right? If you give someone a business card, what happens to that business card? Everyone makes business cards, everyone's super proud of them, right? You get in the business card, Glenn, what happens to the business card? It disappears, right? (laughs) The number, every time I get a business, listen, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I connect with people. If I'm going to call someone. I will call them. If someone gives me a business card. I'm like, thank you so much. That ends the relationship conversation. I put it in my pocket. It ends up in the wash. My kid chews on it and it's gone, right? That business, I don't have any business card. I have a booklet of business cards from opening this place to people I need to talk to. It just, it just disappears. Like they just, they're destroyed. I don't use them. I think that they're relatively useless. I have them for the gym as a placeholder because they look good. And that's, everyone's like, I'll take one of your cards and pass it along. Okay. So what you could easily do is you have your cards and you could easily say, Hey, listen, I don't know if you're open to this, but I, you know, I work with a lot of people like you enter your 32nd commercial. If you're open to it, I can either give you one of my business cards and you can call me when you're ready to come by, or we can put something in the schedule right now and we could try and set some, some time to talk we can talk or we, if you'd like, I can give you my card and, or you can give me your number and I can actually send you a little ebook on three ways to resolve back pain. Which of these would you prefer? And I love this because it's a choose-your-own-adventure kind of situation, right? People get to go, hey, you know what? I'll take the card. I'll call you. They're not going to call you. But what's great about that, what's great about that is they have the autonomy to have ended the conversation relationship. You know that they're probably not going to call you, and that's that. There is an awkward energy, right? Because nothing is worse than when you have one of these interactions, and you're like, hey, you should come by. I think you'd be great. And they're like, ah, I'll call you. And that's awkward. So this is where I love the idea of, you know first and foremost, rapport. Uh, next, you know nurture a little bit, have the conversation go on. Three, pain funnel a little to see if there's any prospects, suspect, reason that makes any sense for you guys to be continuing conversing. And then four, give them a this or that, which gives them an easy opt-out or a slight opt-in. And if they do opt-in in some way, the story continues on. Anyway.
0: I don't think there's really much more for me to blow up on that one, Brandon. I guess the only thing I'll add and I'll say is that um, lead magnets if you've never heard of them before they're almost like these little value pieces or things that you can give people to give them instantaneous value so they can learn a little bit more about you but also in the same breath um, help them solve a problem that they already have you might have seen something like this like if you go to a website for someone just uh, heard about and the second you hit their website there's a landing page and the landing page says hey give me your email and we'll send you five free tips to help you blow up your business today, right? That kind of stuff. These are lead magnets, value pieces. And these are really, really interesting because if you have one for yourself and it really does solve a problem that the kind of person that you want to work with has, it can actually go a really, really long way to tilting them over to actually wanting to connect with you and move forward in a professional relationship. A lot of people, I mean, they know, they're being sold to all the time ads on YouTube, ads on television, uh, mail marketing, uh, literally billboards, everything people are used to being sold to. But if you just give someone information that's actually valuable to them, and here's the kicker, it's presented in a very professional, looks like really, really well designed, easy to read in a way that they would understand kind of way, that goes a long, long way to adding a lot of value in their books, and how they perceive you. So really, take a look at creating a lead magnet, whether it's like five easy tips for XYZ thing or my system to deal with LMNOP, whatever that is for you. Having one of those just in your back pocket to give to anybody at any one time could be a great way to start a relationship with your next client.
1: There's a, you know, if you think about it this way. How many people would work with you if you didn't cost anything? Mm. And the answer is probably a ton. And then of those people, how many more people would assume, would not assume, would start to appreciate the high level of value you offer because they actually got to experience the entirety of you? Most of you probably don't think every day, boy, I would love a Ferrari. But I guarantee the old car sales trick where they say, hey, take the car home for the weekend, bring it back on Monday, no strings attached. Why do they do that? That is a lead magnet. They are trying to showcase that that experience is gonna provide a high level of value to you and you're gonna love it, fall in love with the experience, you're gonna stick around. Lead magnets are buttered into everything that you do and everything that you see. Everything, right? Try this 14 days for free. There's a fun question you can ask yourself and we're actually talking about it in a little salesy thing we're talking about tomorrow in our leadership program. But you know, there's, if you go to a store and you're looking at buying something, you're looking at this pen, you're like, boy, I love this pen. But the question you should ask yourself was, well, you're not buying the pen. Is is it free? Would you take it? Yes. Okay, so it's not not about the money. The value is somewhere in this equation. We just don't know. Is it is it that this pen's worth $1 or $50? If it costs $1, would you buy it? If it costs $50, would you still buy it? Because it's a $200 pen. And then now how do we get to that bridge of figuring out, well, what is it about this thing that you want that you would take for free and the value that you're not receiving? This is where lead magnets are just strategically incredible and that's why everybody uses them. Winter sale, right? That's a, that's a type of lead magnet. It's a, lead, it's a magnet to draw you in as a potential lead to purchase something. 30 days for free on this membership site. Try our, our free three-step formula to back pain, like all those things. But that's great. If we know that and everyone's doing it, why don't we just do, right? What is that thing about? It's a providing value. So why don't we provide so much value that people get so much results that they just love talking to you and love talking about you. I love it.
0: So, so this is why, and you've heard, if you've heard it once, you've heard it a million times. This is why knowing your ideal target audience is so important, the kind of people that you want to work with, because all your marketing, you know, read lead magnet needs to be based upon who they are. Don't do five fat loss tips if you're going to work with people who are struggling with pain and discomfort. Don't do how to bulletproof your back if the people that you want to work with want bulging biceps, or to look good naked on the beach. Pick the thing that most people in your ideal target audience are struggling with and create something that's going to give them some real value. Because here's the trick. A lot of people are worried about giving away too much candy, giving away too much information. It's not what it's about anymore. People are going to invest in your services because they have the information, they know what they should be doing, but they're having a darn hard time packaging it and actioning it themselves. People know they have to exercise, people know they have to eat less, people know they have to work at a certain amount if they wanna look a certain way, but they don't know how to package that information and do it themselves, which is why they need you. Giving away information to show people you're the real deal and you've had some awesome results is gonna get them a step closer to working with you And having a lead magnet in all these different ways that Brandon has described is gonna be one of the best ways to start putting that out there for free to people that you want to work with.
1: Well, and I think that this is where I made a note to call this reverse engineering lead magnets. I Mm -hmm. think this is the easiest thing is this. If you can become masterful at creating content on the fly in whatever medium you choose to do that, be it video, written, Canva, whatever you wanna use. If you talk to someone, at a Starbucks or at a yoga event or somewhere, and you find out that, oh, there's a need to improve flexibility with strength exercises. Now, we know that because you've talked to a few people and found there's a particular need. Now you can create a lead magnet, an ebook, a video, or something about that particular thing, so you have it prepared for the next instance. Or, which is a creepy, sneaky way to do it, but I think it's a great way to do it, is if you talk to someone, like this is something I have done several times, full disclosure, is I'm talking to Glenn, and Glenn tells me that he needs Uh, he needs to get clients from social media. And I go, oh, you know what? I've got a master class on that. And then what do I go do? I instantly go make the thing and then pass it along. How sneaky is that? But it's also great because you're showcasing that you want to provide value at a high level very quickly. So reverse engineering lead magnets is an extremely strategic and sneaky way to design something for someone right away to help them out. I love it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, when you start understanding these concepts, because it becomes limitless. Like, we talked really early on, like, you know, almost like be a chameleon for the people that you want to talk with. Use the same communication, same language. If you know that you're planning to go canvas and scope out and talk to a whole bunch of yoga instructors or yogis, have that ready. Have that ready to go. And like, here's like a dirty little secret. I have, uh, I have a lead magnet value piece that I, that I use about, you know, seven things to do when you're exercising so you don't hurt yourself. I just change the language and the images Ever so slightly to match whatever demographic I want to show it to next. Instead of having like people exercise, if it's for yogis, I'll have people doing yoga as my images. Instead of people doing resistance training, if it's going to be for runners, I change it to a whole bunch of running images. And instead of using examples about the upper body, I'll use more ankle and knee examples. I mean, once you've got the base model down that applies to a swath of people, you can then titrate and just recreate and re-edit it very seamlessly in a very short amount of time. And you'll have to do that once. Then every time you meet a yogi, you know what, believe it or not, I have a value piece exactly on how to increase strength and flexibility at the same time, specifically for yogis. It's crazy we're talking. I don't know if you're interested or not. I'd be happy to send it to you. Or, you know, if you want and it makes sense for you, we could even schedule some time to meet one-on-one and talk about a professional relationship or nothing at all. Honestly, it's totally up to you. What are you thinking? Right? And it just becomes super, super simple and easy once you get the base thing model down pat.
1: The last thing I've got on this, and I agree with Glenn explicitly, is fishermen, like Taylor, who's one of our guys, one of the mentorship and works at Strata, he's a fisherman at heart. Loves it. spends his whole weekend fishing. If you ask him, anyone that likes to fish, you just can't stand on the dock and wait for the fish to jump into your hand. It might happen, and when it happens, it might be a really good fish, probably a strong fish, because it's strong enough to jump out of the water into your hands, but you can't wait for the fish to come to you. You do have to cast lines in the water, and you got to put attractive bait on the end of the hook to draw people in. As much as a very negative example, fishing, a sharp hook, and a worm that's enticing and still wiggling to a fish in the water is exactly the lead magnet connection situation. There is something compelling in the water that draws the fish to do something outside of what normally do. Look, a floating worm, how often does that happen? I'm going to bite it, I'm hungry, bites the worm, gets a hook in the mouth. The, The fisherman pulls it into the boat, and then the next few things happen, whatever that may be. Hopefully they put it back in the water. It's the same kind of idea. We need to go fishing and you need to practice talking to people. And this is where there are so many different environments that you can go and do this to achieve expert status, be in front of the right people and just frankly talk. But if you are not busy enough right now, get out of your pond and go to another pond and go talk to people and go talk to as many people as you can. And if you're frustrated because you feel like you're not busy enough and you're doing all the right things, go talk to more people Mm -hmm. and listen to this episode again. And listen to the little sequence I said of going to talk to people, nurture, rapport. It takes consistency over time. Curtis Clay, good friend of mine, says sustained effort over time. Many, I will tell you, many people will put short-term endeavors into talking to some people, they'll get a bit busy, and then it's hard because you need this consistent flow of people to have, if you have, you talk to 100 people, you get 10 people to come in the door, those 10 people give you some money, you have a really compelling business, two of those people will stay with you forever and the other eight will go away and change their relationship. What that means is you have to spend several years talking to strangers and then you get to this incredible place where you do get that high quality referral network that just sends people towards you and you don't have to worry about it. But it's sustained effort over time of talking to people that you don't know that turns into this monumentous rapport machine where you and your examples and your work over years have turned into this incredible six-figure business. You can do it, but thank you, Curtis Clay, sustained effort over time.
0: I love it, Brandon. I don't really think I have anything else I want to uh, put out there. Um, I guess the one last thing I would put out there is if you're a human being and you work with the body, I got news for you. Every single human being has a body. And there's a good chance that either that human being doesn't love the way they look in the mirror or they've got some sensations in their body that don't feel good from a physical standpoint. So, 8 billion people on planet Earth, 8 billion potential people that could work with you. There are prospects everywhere. Get out of your comfort zone. Just start talking to strangers. Try it on. Build the evidence that you can do it, and you'll be more and more confident with it. And as you become more and more confident with it, start spending more and more time where ideal target audience is hanging out. If I want to work with 65-year-old men and women who want to stay healthy for a long time and might have the cash flow to do that, I might want to try to look at golf clubs or other places where these kind of people are hanging out. For the time being though, if this is new for you, just go talk to people, get in the habit, build the skill, then start finding those fish that are gonna work with you.
1: And don't be afraid if the conversation doesn't go the way that you want. I have talked to so many people. I've talked to like agents of professional athletes and actors and high level people that I'm like super excited about the potential of the thing, talking to people I never thought I would talk to and things don't happen and you just can't be attached to that because that's not something that you did. There are just people and they are busy and it just didn't happen. And that's cool. Next event, please. Cast another line, go fishing. Glenn, what's your pick of the week?
0: My pick of the week, so coming in, talking about Lead magnets a little bit today, my pick of the week for all of you out there is Fiverr. Now, there are a couple different ways you can go about making content, uh, things like uh, videography, mass, uh, sorry, excuse me, videos for your business, uh, graphics, logos, art, all that kind of stuff. Two options here. One. You can learn the design skills in Photoshop or Canva or those other program, spend the time toiling over it, get really, really good at it, and that's one route I recommend you definitely try on, especially if cash flow is something that you're being mindful of. The other option you have is you can go to Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R or W-E-R.com, one of those two. I forget off the top of my head. Fiverr.com is essentially like the World Wide Web's place where everybody in the world of creation and content and design work. You can find accountants, graphic designers, videographers, people can help you with YouTube, Canva, Pinterest, like anything you can think of, these people are there. And so if you're someone where you are just not a graphic design savvy person and you're just too busy with clients and you'd rather offload that to somebody else for the right price, check out Fiverr.com. I've had lead magnets made there. Honestly, only 30 bucks Canadian, which really isn't that much. And it came out really, really well. And I was really happy with it. So if you're looking to have some value pieces made for you, you're a little tight on time, and you have maybe a little bit of cash to spare, check out Fiverr.com. It's a great place to go to have that kind of stuff created and made for you. Love it. Very yeah. cool. Awesome. And Brandon, your pick of the week. What are you thinking about?
1: Uh, There's a book by Edward DeBono called Lateral. Sorry. Nope. Talking to Strangers. Okay and
0: Malcolm Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, well. pardon me, it's Malcolm Gladwell, Edward not Edward lateral thinking though. Yes, it's think. lateral got thinking
1: it. and I got mixed up there. Malcolm Gladwell talking to strangers. And ironically enough, I think that that would be the best book to recommend here. I have chosen it as my pick of the week before, but this is a different context. Um uh, it is a very interesting book. If you have you listened to it or
0: read it? I know I haven't.
1: It's it's all about where talking to strangers actually leads negative situations. And it's all kind of it's a bit of a darker book and at least in my opinion where conversation and communication doesn't go the way that you want it to. It's a really interesting read to take it from like a a psychoanalysis perspective to listen to it and see how the string of events unfold in in unimaginable ways. The reason why is because you'll start to see if we think about that decision science, yes or no idea that we talked about, is it going this direction or this direction? You can see where the conversation is quickly going the wrong direction over and over and over and over and over again. And I would really encourage you to check it out. I listened to the audio book, so I don't have time to sit still and read these days. It's a great book really helps you think, and honestly, what I love about it, if you can reverse engineer the things that you hear and read in that book to go, okay, in my conversations, when I'm talking to people, I have a tendency to do this and this and this. Can I try a different strategic road to see how it goes? Very great book. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell is just super articulate and just brilliant uh, on all degrees. I just love him so much. Uh, His video on spaghetti sauce that Tom Purvis showed, is a great one as well too for some marketing stuff if you're looking to think about marketing.
0: Yeah, he's got a lot of great books I think apply really, really well to uh, exercise professionals and trainers. Blink I think was a good one as well. Um, Anyways, we'll digress there. Everyone, this has been all about talking to strangers, talking about communication, going in with this I don't care attitude, all the different stuff that we tell our students. We even gave you a system in, in all how you ought to think about it and apply it. I'm really excited. We want to help you two and three times your in-person personal training business. We do this podcast every week. If you're not already a member, you're listening to the podcast, join our Facebook group. Just look up Fitness Pro Mentors. We just want to help you grow your business and like have the life that you want to live.
1: Everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We are the Fitness Pro Mentors podcast, Minds on Muscle Show. And uh, yeah, keep making it rain. Glenn, have a good one.
0: Yes, everyone, have a great one. You called me Glen? Glean, I
1: did. Mouth. Mouth not working. We're at the end of the show. It's fine.
0: Bye. (laughs)